press start. blowers out there this is n64 life with myself cliff foster aka the amazing cliff on the old twitter your guide through the world's greatest computer game console of all time the nintendo 64 uh firstly that piece of music wow 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 do you know what? I'm so chuffed with it. I'm so chuffed. You can hear the bed underneath me. You heard the intro music. If you watch me on Twitch, you've seen the new intro video. So a couple of shout outs to begin with. And these shout outs aren't for people that are claiming Jinjos. These are people that have created this great bit of material. Because I can hold my hands up and say, look, I gave two people ideas of what i wanted and they delivered because the end of the day i i love doing podcasts i love doing things that are creative but creating videos yeah i can sort of do videos but i know someone who's better and music i cannot create music and before we give a shout out to the person that created the music Mr. Ash Versus, thank you very much for putting me in touch with him. And that is Mr. Jeridan Cook. Um, absolutely incredible music. He's created for a lot of podcasts, including Under Consultation. They're one per show. We'll go on to them because I'm re-recording this <laughs> intro because there has been a big thing that's happened in the world of Games Master. Um, but go and give them a follow, Under Console Pod. Um, do you know what? I really appreciate it, man. I really do, Jeridan. Um, sorry, Chris. Um, I really do. Um, really appreciate it. So at Jeridan Cook, with an E at the end, go and give him a follow on Twitter. And the last person is someone that has been creating me things from day one from when i started doing podcasts and he's one of my best mates and if you listen to the other podcast i do he occasionally gets brought up as producer luke so that's pitch noir on instagram i mean thank you um for the video for the intro to the video for twitch um for every bit of branding I've ever wanted. Um, Luke, you're a legend. You know you are. And for some reason, you created me a lot of stuff and you bought me beer over the other night. Surely that should be the other way around. But hey-ho, the stouts were lovely. (laughs) So, I tell you what, I, I teased it a second ago, but there has been a massive development in the way of games master um if you don't know what games master was it was the best computer game tv show uh during the 90s it was it was revolutionary and obviously i bring up under consultation a lot uh, at under consult pod on twitter um but it's been announced that an oral history of uh, games master has been produced 
Uh, Dominic Diamond has co-written it. They brought in so many people, including the game's animal, uh, Dave Perry. Um, they brought so many people back to relive those stories of how it was created. And some of the more, you know... Uh, the controversial parts of Games Master in the way of uh, the big change that happened in Series 3, um, which was a whole new host being brought in. We're currently going through that, and we're just coming towards the end of that and under consultation. So make sure you go and give it a listen. And also, they've just done an interview with Dominic Diamond. Wow. Wow. Um, there is, I did tweet it up. Uh, there is a uh, Kickstarter for this. Uh, they put 45, I think it was 45,000 to the target. Um, they are pretty much 1,000 pounds away, as, as, as I'm recording this, 1,000 pounds away from hitting that target. Um, and if you want to spend five grand, you can be the peacemaker, or I think they say peacemaster. It was either peacemaker or peacemaster. Um, between Dominic Diamond and Dave Perry, you go to Dom uh, uh, sorry Dave's um, tattoo parlor in Tw uh, Turkey. You go get a tattoo, uh, the two of you, you and Dominic, and you uh, yeah go for a pint and hopefully you know patch up. A very tricky situation if anybody's seen the uh, Mario 64 incident. Um, now, you have actually said on the show you are the greatest games player in Britain. What happened? What went wrong? Well, I think I've been set up fairly badly here today. Right. And in particular, what reason? I think having a final game where one player owns the game in the machine and one player doesn't isn't in the interests of fair play. Uh-huh. Okay, then. So uh, what you're saying, Dave, is the biggest game of this year. You haven't played much. It's not released till next year. I'll play it right. next year when it's released in this okay, country. You are a journalist. We can get it on import. Not a journalist. I'm a marketing manager. Right. Okay, then. And you don't have a book coming out about, you know, games or anything like that? About, no? about BMR. About BMR games. So we're not seeing sour grapes at all here, Davis, what you're trying to say. No, we're not. We're seeing somebody just saying he's been set up. Yeah, I just put a little bit of a clip in there. But this isn't under console pods. Go and listen to them if you want any Games Master. This is N64 Life. And I just want to say a big thank you to everyone that listened to uh, the Mini History of Zelda. Obviously, this is just a start of the Mini Histories. Um, and they also, literally, as of September, I am a very busy man. And we will start with the Mini History of Project Reality. Um, th that's the first Mini History that we're going to be going into. The development of Project Reality going into uh, the Ultra 64 and then the creation of the N64. That will be the first one. That will be in September. Followed by a big one, which is a mini history of Mario. Oh, that's going to be glorious. So that will be a mini history of Mario and the de development of Mario 64. Because do you know what? We don't want to go past that because... It's going to give me no material for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> so, with obviously, if you're a massive Mario Party fan, a Smash Brothers fan, they will be coming up. Those bits and pieces, they'll be coming up. Don't you worry. Don't you panic. 
But until then, we've got some Battle for Jinjos to do. We've also got some player to enter the pods. Uh, they'll be coming up at random times where we'll be getting friends of N64 Life on to discuss their memories of speci- uh, specific titles or just in general, their memories of this console. Um, but we got Battle for Jinjos to do. And today's battle for Jinjos is a really big one because we're looking at sense of humour. And I tell you what, these two games are absolutely loaded with it. But they look at things in slightly different ways. So let's do this. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you are not familiar with battle for jinjos this is how it works so like in banjo kazooie you have five jinjos to collect these two games have five jinjos to collect the first one is based off of storyline the second one off of gameplay the third one off of sound and graphics the fourth one is critic scores and then the last one is the most important It's what you all thought. And today, as I teased, and what you might see in the description of this podcast, we have two huge games. One that came out very early in the N64 lifecycle, and one that came out a bit later, um, a lot later. Um, And these two games look at sense of humour in a very different way, an extremely different way. So today, it is this game... Space Station Silicon Valley versus Conker's Bad Birthday. And do you know what? Let's go straight into this storyline. Because even with storyline, both of these games go a very different route. We've got one storyline that's quite straightforward um, in the way of actually how it plays out. Um, game gameplay is a bit more complicated, in fact. And then we've got one that's a complete and utter movie. Well, it's got to be a movie because it rips off 90% of movies out there. Um, so we'll go into the first one, shall we? And that is Space Station Silicon Valley. Now, to give you a bit of a backstory on this game, first of all, it came out in October 1998 in North America. It came out in November 1998 Europe and it never had a Japanese release um it is a very westernized game and it came out of a little studio up in Scotland now they are now called DMA they were called apologies DMA they're now called Rockstar North can't think of any games they created okay maybe one (laughs) <laughs> so yeah no and uh, it came off the back of them producing body harvest um and they would come on to as i say create one of the biggest game franchises of all time that had a failed release on this console um it's it's yeah it's a great game if you're looking for a platformer with loads of spunk uh loads of puzzles and you haven't ever played silicon space station silicon valley go and pick it up it is the most underrated game 
on this console. Um, obviously, it was developed, as I said, by DMA Designs. Um, it was published by Take-Two Interactive. So let's go into the storyline, shall we, ladies and gents? So in the year of our Lord, 2001, even though I can't remember this happening, but 2001 had quite a few historical moments happen in it. I can't remember exactly what. Um, but the w- Earth launched Space Station Silicon Valley. And basically, it was it was considered like a tourist attraction. I would say, they, they say like a theme park. It is more like a zoo. Or it's, it's more like a space Jurassic Park, but with sheep, I suppose. <laughs> but it was launched off into space. And when it gets into space, it disappears. No one knows what has happened to it. But in the year 3000, yes, not much has changed, but they live underwater, um, it reappears again. Now, after a couple of failed attempts to send expeditions up there to find out actually what happened on the space station, they, they everyone seems to go missing. So, they send up. Not not a crack team. Not you. You're thinking maybe SAS or uh, you know they they've sent up you know a crack team of military personnel to go and find out what this is or a group of you know ultra intelligence scientists with them. No no no. They they send a man and his robot. <laughs> More likely because they're cheap. But hey ho, they send Mr. Dan Danger and his. But, uh, buddy Evo to go and check it out. Now, on the way up, they have a bit of an argument. So after taking almost taking the wrong turning uh, to the space station, they go towards the space station and they've got their tunes playing out, radio tunes, and this is where it definitely sets the humour because they have this big argument of what's going to be played on the radio. Um, at this point, Dan is in charge. You know, he's Dan Danger. Come on, he's Dan Danger. You know, the, the man, the myth, the legend that is Dan Danger. Do you not know it? Okay. Okay. He, do you know what? If I was to explain what Dan Danger looks like, Vic Reeves. He looks like Vic Reeves. <laughs> anyway, he doesn't like it that um, Evo keeps changing the radio station. So he decides to hit Evo over the back of the head. Now, Evo repays the favour. Problem is, Evo's a robot. Dan's not a robot. Dan's Dan Danger. You know, that absolute legend, Dan Danger. (laughs) So, at this point, Evo hits him and knocks him clean out. And, obviously, Dan's flying the ship. So that means that they've lost control. And... They now go hurtling towards the space station. Eva has a bit of a panic and starts pulling on the wheel, pulls off the wheel, and they still continue to hurtle towards the space station. Now, meanwhile, on the space station, it shows you uh, a, a dog and a sheep, and, the, you know, it's very much the case of that these animals have now evolved with their mechanical uh, areas. They've actually immersed into that and actually become robot animals. So still having that trait of... Um, you know, the, uh, the animal ancestors, but being robots. And for some strange reason, the dog and the sheep love each other. 
But that is quickly destroyed as their ship crashes in and kills the poor dog. Ah, oh, sad times. Um, on the way down, though, Evo has been hitting the ejector button. Uh, now they've come to a lovely stop and Dan Danger! Yes, that legend, Dan Danger! Um, he uh, he has come back around and, uh, yeah, he, he, he looks at Evo. Evo looks at him and the ejector seat works. And poor Evo is sent through to the outside of the space station, crumbling his body and separating the parts of his body in the different areas of this game. Um, and yeah, he's just reduced down to a chip. Just a soul chip by itself. And your first thing is, is to get into a body uh, or another robot. And that happens to be the dog that's left there. Now, we'll come very much into element of how this game is so unique uh, in the gameplay but the main mission is is to fix your ship and get uh rebuild evo um that is mainly what your mission is in this game is to get through the four worlds um and rebuild evo um once you have rebuilt evo you you find out along the way that the ship is actually being controlled by an evil brain um, and that evil brain of a scientist that worked on that station is controlling the ship. And um, it's uh, got a lovely... Because no evil being... Uh, sorry, villain would be not complete without a shrink ray. He's got a shrink ray. And he wants to shrink the Earth and destroy the Earth. For reasons. <laughs> um, anyway, so you, you stop the brain. But unfortunately... Not in time for it to shrink the earth down by about a tenth. Um, and once you destroy the brain, obviously the space station has nothing power in it. So the space station crashes. And it crashes into New York Harbor. Um, and at that point, a fully formed Evo that is now about a hundred times bigger than what he was has to walk around the streets of New York and complete, you know, to destroy all the animals that have escaped. And at this point, it's a really nice end to the game, really fitting end. But there's something that happens now at this point that completely threw me off. And we will go through a bit more of why it does this in a minute. But we're talking about humour. And what's more humorous than Dan Danger? Listing. Why? There isn't a dramatic ending. I, I did it, Evo! I, I saved the world! And there are... Insert minutes and seconds remaining. Insert minutes and seconds. That's a new record, Evo! That's it, then. No, no, really. I, I mean it. The, the show's over. I, I, I am the best. You can go now. But bye, then. Don't, don't bother hanging around for the big finale, because there isn't one. I, I solved it to pay for the new ship. And that's it. Literally, that's it. And the game ends, and you get a little, you know, credit scene where you're sort of flying around different worlds, seeing the animals, but that's it. Now, remember, afterwards, absolutely fucking no. pissing myself laughing. I thought it was 14-year-old Cliff 
who was just getting into pythons and you know all of that jazz thought it was comic genius just to end a game like that and as i said we'll come on to why in a moment but i thought at the time that was brilliant i remember going to school and I, my friend Tom also owned the game and saying, have you completed Space Station Silicon Valley yet? And he was close to the end. And I was like, look, no spoilers, but it's hilarious. And he was really annoyed by it. I can remember him being like, oh, it's a bit of a cop out. And I don't know why I didn't see the reasons why before. But do you know what? That's a tease. That's coming in gameplay. That's coming in gameplay. So you wait just there. Because we've got another game to talk about. And this game, Bayek, it has a story. Now, we've all been in that situation. I would say 90% of the people listening to this have been in the situation where you have been so drunk, you can't remember how you got somewhere, and you have this walk home. Now, this has been you know said in music so frank turner has a song called the real damage go and listen to it um you have this said in movies um with the hangover and other movies where you just have to retrace your steps and figure out where the blinking heck you are and what you did the night before and this is the story of conquer's bad fur day now as i said with humor this very much is a product of its time because at this point in time we are in the midst of the attitude era in wrestling we have got south park absolutely everywhere jerry springer is the biggest primetime tv show in the world and this very much goes off of that trash telly this is trash telly of computer games completely and some bits are you know because there have been some very good arguments against this game not being, you know, maybe not being for the now. And this was very much said in Now and Then 64's video of uh, the humour that is sometimes in this game. You know, there are two moments in this game that I would say the humour itself goes, it, it, you know, there's just no need for it. There's no need for that humour to be funny. But at the same time, he says that it's not a funny game at all. I don't think that's 100% correct. I think that, you know, with parodies, for instance, it parodies some gay, uh, gay, uh, sorry, movies very well. It actually, I would say, it is a great satire game. Yes, I agree with the blocks, with the name of the professor, that this game does have moments like a lot of the comedy that you look back on and go no need for it doesn't matter if it's a product of its time just no need for that joke so i thought i'd get that out of the way and done with now i thought before we go into this game let's address the elephants in the room because we go on to elephants with silicon valley <laughs> there's enough we'll be talking about too many animals and at the moment, I just want to concentrate on one pesky red squirrel. And this pesky American red squirrel goes and gets drunk in a pub. Now, to, I would say, 
I would say um, about 75% of the N64 Live audience are British. Now, no offence, because the other half or majority is American. Welcome to my sh- our show. However, we've all been there. As a British person, we've all been there. And I'm from a city that used to be the capital of England. So we get a lot of tourists. And in my local pub, because it's a bit quirky, it does attract sometimes tourists. And you're sat there, you're just having a pleasant pint, chilling with your friends, and you will get somebody that's in the hotel next door come in. And they're usually American and everything. It's almost like they've walked into Disneyland. And <laughs> and I think this is very much how they see a British Americans tend to see British pubs. It is almost like it's an attraction rather than being no. This is where I go chill with my friends. <laughs> um, and I think American Conquer he's very much in this state. He, he's gone to the pub. Uh, there's a live band playing. A weasel's playing some form of jazz. Um, but at the end of the day, he's gone to the pub and he's got a bit drunk and he wants to stay out. So he rings his girlfriend, Barry, to say, look, I'm staying out a bit longer. Ends up getting absolutely trolleyed. He's sick on some form of priest outside and then goes missing into the rain and wakes up. And uh, this is the journey of Conker trying to get home after his massive night out. So a bad third day bad hair day hangover um that's where they were going down with the name so before we go into the story let's go into its release date and it was released yet again in north america on the 5th of march 2001 and released in europe on the 6th of april 2001 but yet again did not have a japanese release and there may be reasons why We'll go into that in a minute. So let's bring it back to Conker because he, after finding Birdie the Scarecrow, because I mean, there's some great characters in this. Birdie, you've got Greg the Grim Reaper. You've got, there's so many little funny characters in this. There's some that are just a bit meh, but... Greg the Grim Reaper and Birdie. Oh, I love them so much. <laughs> if I could have a statue of Birdie in here, I would. I generally would in this studio. I bloody love Greg and Birdie. Um, but after Birdie helps him, uh, you know, figure out what the little bee pads are for, which will go a little bit more into gameplay, we follow uh conquer through his journey to get home but at the same time what is happening is that the king panther keeps spilling his milk and he sets his top scientist to figure out why he keeps spilling his milk well the table leg's gone so you could just replace the table leg yet the professor that's what we're going to call him the professor uh he decides that the only solution to this is to find something that is exactly the same size as a red squirrel. That will do the job. If you prop up under a red squirrel under his table, then it will stop the milk from spilling. Obviously, you know, this is like this is just obvious territory. That's what you would do if your IKEA furniture breaks. Um so after 
a mission of uh, returning beehives, fighting a Terminator Hail Bay, uh, fighting singing poos, uh, to, you know, just, just generally fighting a massive war between grey squirrels and Nazi teddies, you find your way back to Berry. Um, and literally, Barry has been enlisted in a big heist of a bank uh, from a, uh, a very much a, a Godfather ripoff. The list of ripoffs are going to be endless in this game when we come onto the gameplay. But during this, uh, definitely not influenced by Matrix um, uh, heist, uh, you, you finally get through to the money. But it was all a plan by King Panther to get his new table leg. I've never seen anybody go to such a mission to get a ruddy table leg. Um, and at that point, Berry is shot and killed by the Don. She's shot dead, very dramatically. And Konka doesn't really react. Right, we're going to go into this now. Konka really doesn't react. Very, uh, like, he's just lost his girlfriend. He's a bit, there's a bit of a dopiness about Konka when this happens. But at this point, uh, the professor's big plan of taking the kingdom comes to fruition. Because you've killed his Nazi teddies, he says. But he's planted an alien-like creature definitely not a xenomorph inside the body of the king and it bursts through his chest and you have to then battle this big xenomorph until now this is where it comes down to that i do not agree with now and then 64 when it says that it's not funny everyone has played a game where it has frozen and that one little or huge in this game breaking of the 64th wall get what i did there 64th wall eh where the game freezes so conca has a conversation with the developers <laughs> and he gets them or the, the the programmers and he gets them to uh put in codes to allow move the where they are so he's not inside of the spaceship anymore he, he moves it so he's got a massive sword um he forgets to bring berry back <laughs> which is like the ending of this story um but yeah he he's there and he 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 programs it so then he chops off the alien head and you're back full circle to that first image in the cut uh, the opening cutscene of him being king he is now king but that's the end of the story now a lot of people have a problem with this ending for me i personally am a believer that the journey is always more exciting than the you know the end and i very much feel that this storyline it, it's not about the ending i think it's quite nice to not have a happy ending i'm i'm my favorite star wars movie is the empire strikes back i do love a good tale of woe <laughs> and that moment that he figures out that he's forgotten to bring back berry he's now king he doesn't particularly want to be king but he is king they all declare him king and yeah it, the, literally after the credits, he's in the pub again with his crown. He asks for a whole bottle of bourbon and uh, he gets drunk again. And then he goes wandering off in the wrong way again to set up possibly to a future game. But we'll come on to what happened to this game in a minute. Now, 
Mr. Jinjo. And, you know, if I'm looking at storyline, neither storyline is perfect. But I think that if I was to give the storyline to uh, Jinjo to any of these, it has to be Conker's Bad Fur Day. I mean, you know, as I said, now and then, 64 brings up some great arguments about some parts of this humour. But... It is quite a unique story. I think how it dips into the pop culture, which we'll go into a bit more in gameplay in a minute. I keep saying that. Um, But yeah, I think personally it is a great storyline and so unique for the console. It has to go to that. But gameplay. Does it stand up so much in gameplay? Let's find out together. So, 1-0 to conquer. The squirrel beats the microchip. However, let's go into gameplay, shall we? Because we're going to start off with Space Station Silicon Valley. And the word unique game gets thrown around so much. So much in this industry. Like groundbreaking or unique. I mean... You are not going to get a gaming experience anywhere else. I mean that. I know it's a really almost cliche thing to say, isn't it? But Space Station Silicon Valley is so unique. So you go around 30 plus stages um, through four worlds. So Europe, ice, jungle, desert... And you go along and face off against and control absolutely every animal you see. So it's not the case of that you're going, oh, but I want to be that animal, but it's not allowing me to be that animal. Anything that you see, you can control. And there's 46 to be. I mean, like, 46 individual animals. And I mean... Before going through the list of them, every single one has its own trait. I mean, how they interact with other animals. It's all been thought through. Like, you don't just have to think to yourself, what animal am I going to be to get through the task? You have to look ahead and go, okay, I can see some foxes over there. So being the mouse, the uh, racing mouse, with not a great amount of... with not a great amount of uh, shielding, and they go straight for him... You know, you have to think ahead of yourself. You have to preempt absolutely everything. So the list of animals. So we've got in Europe, we've got the dog, sheep, racing mouse, racing dog, springy thing, which is a sheep on a spring. Uh, we've got racing fox. We've got the ram. We've got the fox. We've got the bear. We've got uh, the rat. We've got the spring ram. We've got king rat. Which, I've got to admit, the king animals are great in this. We've got the flying dog, which is like a massive spitfire that you play in the last uh, level. And you face off against the rocket foxes. Actually saying that, I can't think of you actually controlling the rocket foxes. Maybe there is one animal you can't control. <laughs> Sorry, I just did this massive build and then realised you don't ever fly as the rocket fox. Um, you know, so... I think, you know, the standout ones and those, I said about the king animals, are great because you get to control the smaller ones. So with King Rat, which is a great boss battle, you don't get many boss battles in this game. Uh, you do get the final levels on each of the worlds. But 
I mean, the, the, when you face off against King Rat, it is a real challenge of, okay, what do I need to do? Who do I need to be? Um, and I actually did this on stream. I did this on stream about four months ago, it must have been. Um, and a couple of you did join me for it. And I did die a couple of times and then I had to really think, okay, I need to get the bear in here. How do I get the bear in here? Um, and it does make you think and make you go, okay, what do I need? Who do I need to bring into this? Um, and then we come onto the ice level and we've got another king in this as well because you've got the penguin king. Penguin king is by far my favourite. Yet again, if I could have a statue of Birdie and the penguin king in here, I would. So if you find a statue of the penguin king from Space Station Silicon Valley, please email it across to me and 64podcast at gmail.com. Um, I mean, you've got the penguins, you've got the husky, you've got the rabbit, you've got the heli rabbit, which is great fun to play as. You've got the uncontrollable walruses. You've got the cool cods, which just sort of swim. But I don't know, it just makes it very different. Um, you've got the polar tank, which is a polar bear that's a tank uh you've got the ski husky um you've got the seagull you've got the polar bear it's just the polar bear itself um i mean that ice level it's 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 comes up with its own challenges but it's bloody fun the ice level is literally shoot em up uh, then you've got the jungle where you can be the elephant, the tortoise tank, which is great as well. The hyenas, the piranhas, the hippo parrot, uh, the hippo, sorry, I read them together. Hippo, you've got the parrot, you've got the racing tortoise, you've got the gorillas, you've got the lion, you've got the hyena bike and you've got the chameleons. Um, and then in the desert, you've got camel, you've got armored desert fox, you've got the vulture, you've got the can cannon camel. God, that's really hard to say. Uh, Desert Fox, you've got the Scorpion, you've got the Boxing Kangaroo, another one of my favourites, and then you've got the Pogo Kangaroo. And then in the final level, you've got Evo, obviously, you've got the Frog, and then you've got a normal mouse. Now, so it's, it's roughly about 48, 46 animals. And as I said, that is, they must have had so much bloody fun creating these uh, animals with their little quirks. I think I would have loved to have been in that office. You know, there was a question on, un, uh, so under consultation, they do under consultation, which is their Patreon exclusive uh, YouTube channel. And somebody came up with a really good question of, if you could go back and see something and change something, if I could go back and just see something, I think it would be the development of this game because I bet it was a bloody bower of laughs um, because each of these animals has its own humour and you go through the levels, uh, you know, not just a normal platformer. You know, fundamentally, this is a platform game, but it's so unique in the way of its pro uh, pu uh, its puzzle solving and you having to actually think two steps ahead of yourself all the time you always do you have to think to yourself okay right when do i need the ram when do i need the sheep to follow the ram when do i need this when do i need that when do i need to be the dog when do i need to be the king rat when do i need to be the king penguin to rally my troops and when to attack so make sure that all my penguins don't die straight away you need to think to yourself okay so how to annoy the lion okay or oh, sorry annoy the hippo uh, get the uh the hyenas get them to laugh at the hippo i mean it's really 
clever. It's really, 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 really clever. Um, and, and each of the animals have their own stats. So they've all got two abilities. And yet again, you have to think to yourself, when do you need these abilities? When you get an animal, you then have to think to yourself later on, okay, who have I already got? Who have I already collected? What have I already done? Um, you know, it's, I mean, from the Spitfire dogs to the kangaroo boxing at the end as well, you've got some great end of level uh, bits and pieces in there as well and some really good challenges. Now we come on to that ending and it wasn't accidental, that ending. It was meant to be that you haven't completed the game. So in each level, you have spheres to collect. And when collecting all these spheres, you get a trophy. So, for instance, if that's a golden mouse or whatever, you get a trophy. Now, if you complete the game with all of these spheres, you get the proper ending. I have not found the proper ending to this game. And I've never seen the proper ending of this game. And that's not because I haven't tried. That's because the game is glitch. So I don't know how they missed this. Or maybe they did it on purpose to mess with everyone. I'm not too sure. But you can't complete this game. You, there is spheres or there's a sphere that's missing which means that you cannot a hundred percent complete this game now there have been mods that have come out that i need to investigate that um they say that they've they've destroyed the glitch um now i've got my everdrive it is something that i want to look into complete the game on the everdrive and see if i can get to that final ending um, or if the final ending does appear even when you've completed all the spheres. It is one of my missions. But if I was to round this off and say what it's missing, and a lot of we'll come on to uh what the we'll come on to what the critics thought later, but they very much came out with that it was missing a multiplayer option. I'm on the thing of that not every game needs to be a multiplayer game. I think this has got enough. Here we go. First one since the new uh, new music. Comebackability. Not to have a multiplayer. This game for gameplay is stunning. But let's go on to Conquer. Because Conquer, as I said, you've got that different feel of it being a very adult game, trash TV. But it fundamentally is a rare platformer and to me it's it's a weird one because we'll go into when we do come onto the mini history of conquer which is five years away as i've said before you know we will come on to its development cycle but it was originally going to be called um conquer's quest and then changed to conquer's uh uh, 12 tales 64 you know it was going to be that very cutesy uh, version of banjo so it was almost going to be the other end of banjo that it was more based towards a younger audience and very much the case that people turned around and said no we don't want that so rare kept it under wraps and completely changed it to being conquer um now to me it's it's not a collector font you know because if you want to know about 
Donkey Kong 64. There's a great video. Again, they're getting another shout-out. Now and then 64 did a great video because he's 101% completed DK64, which is something I haven't ever done because it's too much of a collectathon. I'd like a collectathon, but at the same time, DK64 switching characters. You know what? We'll come on to that in the future. But then you've got the... The good collector fonds out of Rare, which is, for me, Banjo-Tooie and Banjo-Kazooie. Um, they are, for me, the fun collector fonds. And it isn't. You know, you haven't got that element of having to collect Jinjos, <laughs> Jiggies, or, you know, notes. You, 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 don't, you don't have any of that. You don't have to think to yourself, okay, I've got 100% complete this game. It's almost like a rpg feeling that it feels very open world it doesn't feel like you're entering a different world every time um and at the same time you're not thinking i need everything from this world you're sort of completing missions as you go along and obviously you've got the cash to collect but it's not the case of you know how much cash is in that area i, I know that sounds weird but you, you're not going okay i need to get this amount of cash to progress unless birdie's asking for a certain amount or it's a certain amount to enlist you know there is an element of that it, it's it's really hard to say and put your finger on what makes this in my opinion one of rare's weakest on the console and i'm not you know humor wise as i said i found it a funny game excluding those jokes that i've already mentioned um i i, I find it fun in that element but as a actual platformer i just think it relies too much on the parody. It relies too much on that comedy. To me, as a gamer, it relies too much on that. It's too heavy based off of, okay, it's got to be funny. Because, as I said before, it parodies every movie out there. It parodies uh, Terminator. It parodies Deliverance. It parodies Saving Private Ryan, Matrix, Alien. It was going to parody Pokemon. We'll come on to that why it didn't later. It, parody, it parodies, like, um, I, I suppose it's more Sopranos than Godfather, as I said earlier. Um, it, it parodies so much, you know, pop culture... It, it almost it, it, you're there for that you're there for the next laugh you're not there for the game itself so there is one thing that i would say is very unique um after you know talking about how it's not the best of rare games and that definitely is the b-pad so you get sections where you get the b on the floor and the b button will create something that you really need at that time because if you're looking at the the fundamentals of uh, the gameplay itself, it's a very traditional platformer, runny, jumpy, frying pan, hitty, uh, sometimes gunsy, shooty. You know, I, I think that it, it, the really thing that holds this out against the Banjo-Tooie, against a Donkey Kong 64 and the latter part of Rare with Nintendo is that element that you've got the B-pad. So if that's chucking toilet rolls into a big poo's mouth then so be it. If that's using a boat as a slingshot to uh, fire <laughs> fire uh, uh, nuts at uh, Scouse uh, Beetles, then th I think that does make it stand out. But I don't know if that's enough. And I think that if you're looking at gameplay with Conquer, it's a, it's a decent game. Don't get me wrong. It's not terrible. We're not talking... Like, this is one of those games 
like Superman 64. We'll come on to that at the end. Um, that is shunned on. It's just, for me, it's not banjo. It's not, and I think that's why I have the problem with DK64. It's just not banjo. Um, so in gameplay, I'm gonna have to give this to Space Station Silicon Valley. I've said this before. I, I honest to God, don't plan this to be. Oh, it's it's tense. It's a draw. Um, I, I don't. I don't. But I, I, I can't look at it any other way. I think if you're looking at it, it Space Station Silicon Valley is such a unique game. Yeah, Conquer is just trying to be another rare platformer. But honest to God, I don't think it nails it. I really don't. So let's go on to sound and graphics. And boy, are we going to have fun here. So it is that time for sound and graphics and it's one all at the moment but this could change yet again i do not do this to be tight before i go into these scores i do not do this to add tension i have scored these unbiasedly <laughs> let's feel like that so we'll come on to silicon valley first and you know we're talking about gameplay there and it has really tight controls and if you're looking at graphics it's not graphically pleasing. So if if you look at, let's say, how Conquer looks, which we'll go on to in a minute, compared, it's not it's not a visual spectacle. It's it's lovely. It's got bright colours. It's got a very unique feel. If you showed me a snapshot of anywhere on space station silicon valley i would know it was space station silicon valley it's got a very unique graphic design to it but seeing it was one of the n64's earlier games i definitely feel that you know it, it didn't make use of that expansion pack or anything like that and you, you have got little bits that are really clever i've got to admit with the way of graphics and that's when you're on the edge of the station and you've got the glass and you see your own reflection it's really immersive um but still that level of detail that this game has doesn't really stand up to res and i've always said this if there was a game tomorrow that i would love a remastered for it would be this game to give it that little bit of extra that would be brilliant but one thing that is great which i did say in gameplay is that animal design because as i said they must have had a laugh doing that and the level of time and care that they've taken on every single one of those animal designs uh, the, to the way they walk to the way they move to the sounds they create which uh, from anything from cheat uh, teeth chattering to woofs to bars to uh to engine sound effects um it is actually very good and the music in it is very simple but catchy to the point of uh, i didn't know this until doing the research that they added 
the uh, so the mission uh, complete sound. If you play GTA 2 on one of the radio stations, it does the Silicon Valley mission complete sound, which was awesome, and it was brilliant. Um, it's 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 really it's a difficult one because, as I said, you know, yes, it isn't the most polished of games but you've got the ice breath when you're in the uh, the ice uh, levels you've you've got this really nice cartoonish style to these animals you've got anything from the the bear's arms flailing to the king penguins little attack call to the laughing hyenas i mean it's got some really unique n64 sounding parts to it and, and that's it, you know, you, you look at the reason why I've changed the the song that you hear at the beginning and the the intro, outro, bed music. It's because it sounds N64. It's not just Bowser's final boss, a bit metal. No, this that sounds N64. And I think if you listen to that tr- soundtrack, that is the 64 generation. You know, you go and search it now. Everyone, if you said 8-bit or 16-bit music, you have something in your mind. But the 64-bit era or the 32-bit era, it's a bit harder. Where with the 60, N64, these games with these sounds... That's what makes it stand out. And we now come on to a legend of these sounds. And I mean, that word gets thrown around an awful lot. But there's one man that has created some of the best music. And we have touched on him in the past. Giggity. Um, We have touched on him in the past. And that is Mr. Robin Beanland. Click on. (laughs) How you doing, guys? Bring me some sweet corn. Who's that? Can't see anyone. Uh oh. Great mighty poo, and I'm going to throw my sh at you. A huge supply of tish comes from my chocolate starfish. How about some sketch, you little t- The music that man's created. The music. So we're, we're on Conquer, by the way. If you didn't know already, we're on Conquer. And the music that this man has created in the past, anything from Donkey Kong Country to Killer Instinct 1, 2 and Gold, which we've already been through on this uh, lovely journey. From GoldenEye, he helped, he was one of the composers for GoldenEye, to Jet Force Gemini, to DK64, um, to Star Fox Adventures, to even nowadays Sea of Thieves. He is a legend. Now, this opening music, the trumpets, the art, it's just, I mean, I was saying that this game does not hold a torch to Banjo, yeah, in the way of being a gameplay for uh, 
for a uh, platformer for its time. But my god, I bloody love the music to this game. <laughs> I mean, that's that hits me in the feels. The music and the storyline of what gets me in this game. Um, and he, in fact, won a BAFTA for this. He actually won a BAFTA for this music. Um, and, you know, if, if we'll go into graphically, look, that they used, uh, they, they, they spent a lot of time uh, to actually have a look at the console and see where they could graphically and use the console's hardware to really uh boost up this game and it's it's really evident and they did that with every single one of their platformers from banjo to dk to uh banjo tooie to this i think those three platformers all of them really live off of looking at this console strengths and going okay let's make one of the most beautiful games ever and graphically it is so pleasing the level of detail that goes into this game is absolutely astonishing yes gameplay wise it does not hold up to banjo kazooie i will keep saying that but the level of detail from gas masks being taken on and off to the difference in level design to i mean it's it it holds up today you will go on to what happened to conquer later but even if you played Reloaded or you played Conker's Bad Fur Day, they both hold up today that you can play it and not feel, oh, this is aged. Where with Silicon Valley, I think you can look at that and go, it's aged a bit. It's beautiful in its way, but it has aged. And there is an argument that we're looking at a game that came out at the early part of the console's lifespan to a game that came out right at the end of the conquer's lifespan uh, sorry the uh the console's lifespan um but at the same time banjo kazooie came out roughly around the same time as silicon valley so yes silicon valley has its own little quirk to it i'm not putting down it graphically because i think if it was a stunning game, maybe it would have lost its bit of character and Dan Danger would not be the legend he is today. Um, but <laughs> I think if we're looking at graphics and sound, if it's not just for Robin Beeland, you have to go for Conker's Bad Fur Day. So 2-1 Conker. Oh, this is getting tight. But let's go into what the critics thought, and more importantly, what you thought. So, before going on to the critic scores, yet again, we've got enough animals here. We've got... We've got bloody 48 of them in uh, Silicon Valley and we've got anything from squirrels to weasels in uh, <laughs> in Conker's Bad Fur Day. But to point out the elephant in the room, Conker's Bad Fur Day and the critics. Now, overall, the critics loved it. So before we go into the scores itself, it got very high scores. However, there is a huge problem with this game. And that is... Its humour goes too far. Now, in fact, it was meant to go further. 
there was uh so nintendo got involved with two things and had them removed from what my research says that was one moment where it was meant to involve a joke with the kkk now as i said if you're looking at womenizing jokes uh which is as said there's only one joke two well sort of two jokes that make me go oh no no um but it's never in the 90s to have anything that points towards any form of racism is not acceptable it's not so nintendo did the right thing I may have alluded to earlier, there was a pop culture reference to the Pokemon series uh, that was removed by Nintendo, uh, obviously. <laughs> That's how to pee off Game Freak, isn't it? Um, but no, I, I think that it was the right thing to remove both. And to be honest, there were some that boycotted the game in the way of review. So Nintendo Power almost completely boycotted um, any of the previews to the game um, and it it, it it did it intentionally because it didn't like that it had an M rating for a Nintendo system and that's the rumours why it never came out in Japan either because it was a very family friendly console um, and the jokes as I said it, it's I think that if you look at what was removed, yes, it should have been removed. But at the time, I think those those sexist jokes, they still were around. You're still looking at South Park. You know, there were, obviously there's references to, you know, all sorts in South Park. But they, they were still going on. Very much that Jerry Springer. And even wrestling at the time was very much based along that sort of it's not giving people the right view of how to treat the female of the species um and a lot of people were really let down by the ending as well but if you're reading a lot of these reviews it was of the time i think personally it was the time where rare could not do any wrong it was you know, whenever we finish this journey on N64, maybe we will go into the GameCube and we will be looking into the future with a lot of these Rare games and saying what happened to them. And you're not stupid. You know what happened to Rare with Nintendo. But the score itself definitely reflects what people were thinking because its Metacritic score was 92 and its IGN score was 9.9 i think that it was given that score i'm i'm gonna put it out there it was given that score because of nothing to do with the gameplay it was just because it was a rare title and rare were the hot property and i feel that it's not a fair score and i, I think this is the first time that i've looked at a score and gone that's really overrated and, you know, you know how much I love Conker. I'm looking at a little stature of him sat on my uh, X, uh, Xbox 360. I love Conker. But would I score it one of the best games of all time? No. No, I wouldn't. But we come on to Silicon Valley. And the major thing that would say between Silicon Valley and Conker would be that a lot of people said about the multiplayer. It had a PlayStation version that was meant to be coming out for it. It never saw the light of day. Um, 
but it was it was praised it was really praised and actually got a metacritic score of 83 and a score by ign of 9.5 now that's pretty damn good but we know that seeing that Conker has scored 92 on a Metacritic score against the 83, Conker wins at the penultimate Jinjo. Which means Silicon Valley cannot win now. It's 3-1 down. Which I'm a bit sad about. I think that, you know, if you look at volume, okay, so we, we look at how many were sold. Nevo rocked the world. You know, you had about... It was just under 800,000 uh, copies of uh, Conker's Bad Fur Day that were sold and only about 150,000 copies of um, Silicon Valley. It's, to me... I, I just think... It was based off of Rare rather than the game that they had in front of them. You you ask the question all the time of, did they actually play this game? You know, you, you've there's so many good, great people out there putting out articles like um, our good friend Timson. You know, you, they put out articles from these magazines and you actually read some of these articles and go, have you actually ever played this game? And that's that happens still net to now anything from games master you know i i think that there is definitely that question of had they played the game or were they just living off of living off of it being a rare title let's see what you guys thought though let's see if you were a bit more see if you were a bit more uh, fair let's see if you were so as you know already there is a really important part of this battle for Jinjos and that is you guys getting involved and we'll come to what's going to be the next battle for Jinjos at the end of this show but I give you the opportunity to go and vote and go and um, go, uh, go and give your comments and your thoughts and what you thought of these games and do you know what I thought personally before we go into, we'll go into your comments in a second, but I thought that Conker's Bad Fur Day was going to run away with this. I thought you guys were going to just, you guys were going to just do what a lot of those Metacritic scores were coming in and those reviews were doing. I think you guys were going to just go, it's a rare title. It's really well known for being a bit brass. But do you know what? I should hold more faith in you guys. You guys know your stuff. And that's why you listen to N64 Life. Good on you. We'll go into the scores in a minute. But let's go into what you guys thought. And we first of all come on to all that rumpus on Twitter. Hello, mate. Sorry for giving you Carmageddon. <laughs> he knows what I mean. Um, it's a tough choice, you know. Uh, it only occurred to me uh, earlier that uh, Silicon Valley is effectively Mario Odyssey in beta mode. I see what you mean. Uh, we're really innovative. 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 God, I can't say that word today. Great humor and original environments and puzzles. Kunkel is also 
uh, qu uh, quite unique and push the N64 to its limits. Um, totally agree. Um, I, I really like that uh, uh, that comparison to Mario Odyssey. I really like that. Uh, Silicon Valley. This is from uh, J, J Station 64. Go and check out his YouTube videos if you haven't already. He's doing great work. Go and search him at J Station. J Station. I can't read now. 64. Go and give him a follow. He said Silicon Valley because it doesn't uh, require a loan to buy. There is that being a classic uh, gamer. Conker's bad for a day is not cheap. Uh, if you are looking to get the physical cartridge, then you have got EverDrives out there. You have got also the Rare Replay um, that's, uh, I think, free if you're on Xbox now. I think if you're on Xbox, uh, whatever it's called, the subscription. Um, and you can play as a sheep. Plus, it's a bit bammy. A, 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 A. I saw what you did there. Oh, good puns. Um, and do you know what? It's it's nice to see people speaking so highly of Silicon Valley because it is the most underrated game for this console. I've always held out that it should be. If you, you're right in the top 10 of n64 games it should be in there and it angers me when i see publications not even giving it a shout and i think that it's such a unique gaming experience it should always be in any top 10 list it should I, i'm i'm getting as passionate about this as if i'm talking about justice for timber I, I, I mean, it should. It should be seen as one of the top bloody games, the top bloody platformers for this console. But it's always over, overseen. It's always overshadowed by the rare, co uh, rare bits and pieces. But you guys haven't. You haven't overshadowed it because Conker's Bad Fur Day scored 40% and Space Station Silicon Valley, out of 15 votes, scored 60%. So that means that Space Station Silicon Valley gets the last Jinjo. But it cannot catch up. So the winner of Battle for Jinjos between Space Station Silicon Valley and Conker's Bad Fur Day is Conker's Bad Fur Day. <sighs> I do know what I... <laughs> I got so annoyed because, as I said, I do this completely impartially. I do. I, I mean, like, obviously, your score and the critic score, I have no control over that. Yet the first three, I have complete control over. So I could have completely, I could have completely um, uh, t t fixed this. So one of my favorite games of all time won. I could have. I could have said about the sound. Oh, well, it sounded like every other rare game. But you can't say that. You could say graphically, oh yeah, but you, you know, it came out later. I could have done all of that to make Space Station Silicon Valley win, but I will do this impartially. Do I disagree? Yes. If you have got an N64 and you've got a spare, I think it goes for about 15, 20 quid, go and find Space Station Silicon Valley. If not, if you've got an EverDrive or if you do use emulators, go and play it i mean you know conquers bad fur day you know let's go on to what happened afterwards in these two games 
We know that Space Station Silicon Valley, as I said before, was meant to come out for the PlayStation, never did. Um, and we know as well that um, it was, uh, you know, its its legacy was held in the GTA 2 with the, the Mission Complete music being at the end of, uh, on the radio uh, as you're driving along. Um, but at the same time, you know... DMA went on to different things. Um, they very much left Nintendo when Rockstar were formed, and th- there was never there was meant to be a GTA that came out for the N sixty four. It never did, um, which makes you laugh because if you have a look at the arguments, oh well, it's just a bit adult and a bit mature. Yet Conquer came out. Yet again, it shows you how much. Nintendo relied on Rare at that point. And DMA, Body Harvest, we'll go into... we The mini history of Body Harvest is coming. Because that, for a development cycle in a game, is just... Bat crazy. <laughs> but I, I don't think that Nintendo held out a great deal of um, hope that they would go on to produce amazing games. Yet, DMA eventually became Rockstar North, even though it wasn't necessarily the same team, which we'll go into. As I said, we're saving this with uh, the mini history of uh, Body Harvest. They might not have remained the same team, but fundamentally, that work that that team put behind in Dundee, I think the Dundee in Scotland... Um, you know, changed the f- landscape of gaming, and it did. And then Conquer. Well, Conquer. If you have a look at compared to uh, Rare's other platformers, was a commercial flop. It didn't even sell a million units. A complete and utter commercial flop. And. We, <laughs> do you know what? The amount I have to bring this up. This is the 64DD. Um, obviously, Rare's expansion. Uh, uh, so, Rare's, uh, you know, leaving of Nintendo. Is, I've said enough about it, and I've got a lot more to say about it in the future, but we'll leave it there. You know, that I think that had a massive part of, uh, you know, why these characters did not get the sequels they deserved. Obviously, Conker came out at the very end of this console's lifespan. And it was even to the point of that, do those people that grew up, and, you know, me personally, I liked it because I liked the humour. I liked that sort of difference between it. But if you look at a 14-year-old kid, do you want to run around as a fluffy squirrel? No. They're wanting WWF No Mercy. They're wanting more adult games. And that's necessarily where the N64 does mess up some quite a bit of the time compared to the PlayStation. You know, it hasn't got the Silent Hills. It got Resident Evil 2 very late into its life. You know, it hasn't got those... It hasn't got the the adult feel to the games. Um, Obviously, they did come and do uh, Conquer uh, Live and Reloaded. Um, that was a commercial flop as well. So it almost killed Conker. It's, it's, I don't think we'll ever see another Conker game. I don't. I really don't. Do I really hope they do a Silicon Valley remaster? Of course I did. But that is the end of another battle for Jinjos.
So let's go on. Before I do my little outro, let's go on to what's going to be next. Because after a bit of platform action, I fancy a bit of destruction. Yes, this game. If you're talking, we're, I know it's another rare title, but <laughs> I'm going to have to talk about it again, aren't I? But if you're talking about complete destruction, complete uniqueness, a game that is brought up, whenever I bring up that I do an N64 podcast, one of the games, do you remember Blast Corpse? Of course I remember Blast Corpse. What do you take me for? Um... <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be pursuing Blast Corpse and it is facing off against this title that I'll be honest I've only just started playing and I just remember seeing it as bloody uh, adverts in uh, consoles, uh, sorry, in console magazines absolutely everywhere and it'll be facing off against <laughs> Vigilante 8. I tell you what, I'm really looking forward to this one. I've got a couple of weeks of sitting there deciding if I'm going to take a truck with a nuclear bomb through levels or if I'm just going to run around and shoot other cars. I am going to have so much fun. (laughs) Oh, dear. But if you want to see me have some fun, do you know what? There's a place you can do it, you know? There is a place. There's a place. There's a magical place. We're on our way there. We've games of 296, all under one roof. It's called Twitch. Um, yeah, go and go and uh, follow me on Twitch at N64 Life Podcast all together. Um, the mission is to get to 200 followers. At the moment, we're on 92. Um, so we're a little bit off of that. So we've got about 108 people to find out there. So you could be one of the 108 people because I have been badgered from starting doing this Twitch from Misha and Mr. Timey Too Wimey, Matty himself, to play this game. Yes, Superman 64. And if we get to this level of 200 followers, then one of our streams will turn into... I've got to come up with a name for it because this is taken by um, <laughs> Triple Jump, which is a great channel. Go and check them out on YouTube. Uh, but worst games ever. I, I've got to come up with a name for it, but we will be doing where I play through some of the worst games for the N64 so we will be playing through the likes of Carmageddon, Superman 64, which will be the first one. I will be going for the complete tripe of this console. I mean, I will be completing these games and these will be decided every month of when I get or when I get to the point of completing them by our subscribers. So if you are a subscriber to the Twitch channel, you get a chance to do it. Um, somebody bought up Patreon. 
Uh, I, I, it might be coming soon. But one of the things that I did keep saying were coming soon is there. Go to the Twitter. Go to the link tree. Go and join us on Twitter, uh, dis- uh, Discord. Come and join the Discord channel. Uh, some lovely people on there. Do you know what? It's really nice and chill. People just chat on there when they find something nice or something interesting. Or mainly the Coffee Hub. The Coffee Hub is where it's at on my uh, Discord channel. People just putting up pictures of their coffee. Or if you've got an espresso, tell me what your favourite is. Um, <laughs> it literally has turned into... I might as well do a coffee podcast, don't I? Um, but <laughs> it's... Yeah, come and join us on Discord. But if you are a subscriber, you will get to choose uh, future... Um, games that we'll be playing there will be more subscriber exclusives coming out there i will do a um i've got to f- figure out how but we will we'll be doing a more interactive um uh session just for the you uh twitch uh subscribers uh where it's just for you literally just for you if we just chat the breeze live we just chat the breeze live i've just got to figure out all the logistics because with youtube live i think you have a certain amount of views and follows and obviously we have got a youtube channel but it's not really in use if you're wanting to come and join me on twitch then it is fridays and sundays from 8 30 till about 11 o'clock depending on how far i get in zelda and i go actually give me another half an hour um come and join me it's always nice. We've got a lovely community. They're all chatting on there. Unless Hybrid Heaven's been played. Um, <laughs> come and join us on there. There's all sorts of people that drop in. So it'd be lovely for you to see me. And lastly, I always say that you can claim and get a shout out. I usually do this at the beginning, but there was a lot to go through. So here's the shout outs at the very bitter end of this podcast. First one, Christian! Christian! Yes, here's your shout out, my friend. He did claim two, but I'm only giving him the one. And <laughs> I did shout your name twice, I suppose. Sort of. Uh, yeah, so one of the moderators, thank you very much, my friend. He does keep us all safe, apart from he does sometimes wield his moderating swords with too much power. Um, also, <laughs> we have N64 today. N64 today. I mean, the articles that this man has. Go and check out his website, n64today.com. It's awesome. Go and check it out. If you want to come and find me on the Twitter, it is n64life podcast. Uh, if you want to find me on the Instagram, the same. If you want to find me on Twitch, the same and if you go to the twitter there are links on there obviously if you're listening to this through acast then make sure you leave a review and uh make sure you hit that subscribe button to it or the follow button to if you really really like what you've heard today if you listen to an apple there's a little section there that you can give me a star rating go give me a star rating go on go on be honest though but don't five stars um <laughs> And I will be back in a couple of weeks for Blast Corpse versus Vigilante 8. And I shall catch you all very, very soon. Danger!